Hello, my name is Gray. And my name is Crystal. And this is Passation Beauties, a supernatural commentary podcast where I, someone who has seen this show several times. And I, someone who only knows about the show through social media, discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. Both Asian. For today's episode, we will be discussing... Season 4, Episode 4, Metamorphosis. Written by Catherine Yumfries, directed by Kim Manners. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I've never dreaded recording as much as I do today. This episode... I mean, it's not that bad. It's not bad, but... It's not bad. Okay, first of Winchester, all, it's not it's- bad. It's in fact probably a good episode, yes. but it was unbearable to watch. I can't do yeah. this. Like the concepts that they were presenting and everything, very interesting and all that. Yeah, but my Great god, stuff. is it Sam has some painful. good lines, some good moments, but oh my god! Yeah. I, the thing is, I, I I was telling you this, and then I stopped telling you this story because I wanted to put it in the podcast. <laughs> But, uh, like, I think it was, like, minute six into the episode. I was like, Mm -hmm. why am I doing this? Like, I mean, it's good. The fight was good and everything. But, like, it was, like, painful, right? So what I did was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to click out of this tab. I'm going to pause my supernatural experience. And then I went on YouTube and I literally typed out Trixie and Katya on, on the fucking like search bar. And I watched an entire podcast episode of Trixie and Katya. An entire episode before I returned to Supernatural. It was that kind of experience. Yeah, I also had to stop and watch other YouTube videos. My videos were um, Chris Fleming's Am I a Man? and Brian Jordan Alvarez's <laughs> How to Be Straight, because both of them yeah. remind me of Dean Winchester. What, what's the Brian Jordan Alvarez one? What, which video is that? Wait, I'm going to look it up. Because uh, I think I've watched every single one of his videos. It's so I'm where he goes, This wall is my enemy! <laughs> I hate this wall. This wall is my enemy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite BJA video is the one where he goes like, oh, you kind of look like this. And then like, it's a picture, oh, yeah, of, a and it's a picture of a dumpling. <laughs> no, the cockroach. Oh, it's a dumpling like, for him like... and a cockroach for Stephanie Kane. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was truly iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let's get into this episode. What did you know about it? So, okay, I knew that it opens with Sam and Ruby, like, practicing Mm -hmm. his powers of exorcism, and that Dean comes in and tries to kill her, and I did not know what else happened. I know about the fight scene, but I didn't know it was necessarily in this episode, 
And as soon as it started and I recognized Sam's shirt, I got so excited because I was like, oh, this is that scene from, like, these funny videos that I enjoyed watching. And I sent you the funny videos and I was so excited. And then I pressed play and I had the worst experience of my entire life. (laughs) No, for real. Like, I mean, I've seen those videos. For context, Crystal is talking about the... um, how would I even describe there's, this? What's the name of the podcast? There's two videos of this of this this fight scene, and it's overlaid with audio from my brother and my brother and me, where Griffin is chewing out Justin for wearing a, like a tropical pattern shirt, um, and he like reads out Justin's entire Spotify history, which is just a bunch of songs by Jimmy Buffett, and then he ends it. With, like, are you haunted? Are you fucking possessed? You were supposed to be my brother! No, that's and literally Justin what happens says, this episode. I had a case of the Mondays. I had those old Monday blues and I just had to chase them away. Yeah. So, yeah. Literally what happens this episode. Yeah. And Sam is wearing a fun patterned shirt in the scene and everything. Yeah. So, for me, I I also didn't know that the fight scene was here. I thought it was going to be later in the season, or like in season 5, but I think I'm thinking of a different fight scene. Because there is a fight oh, scene where like, Bean goes like, if you leave, if you walk out of that door, don't back. you yeah. ever come back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this is separate from that. For some reason, my brain, like, meshed them together. I mean, they're the same vibes, so understandable. They're not the same vibe, though, because in this one, Sam doesn't fight back in any way, and it honestly looks like a PSA for spousal abuse. So that's different. Yeah, I suppose. Let's start the episode. All right. All right. So, as Crystal said... The episode starts with Sam and Ruby interrogating a demon. And I don't know, nothing much happens. Like the the the, the theme the theme of the conversation was like the demon is telling Sam that like oh you're such a big hero, aren't you? But I mean look at what you're, you're- doing, you're like Working with this other demon. He says slutting around with some demon. Yeah. And then Sam gets angry at this. And raises... Does he raise his hand? Or he just looks at the demon? I don't recall. But like, you know, he, he forces the demon out of the body. And... So they do the interesting thing again where instead of the usual exorcism where the demon like just gets shot out of the body, this one like the demon cuffs out like the black smoke. Which every time they do it, I'm like, that's so cool. That's so it's cool and so fun. So cool. And instead it is very of the cool. smoke going up to the ceiling like it usually does in exorcisms, it like it goes down, down to the floor, floor and then it sort yeah. of like burns like, through the floor, like, going back down to hell or something. And we're still supposed to think this is... This demons are going to hell, not the empty. Yeah. So, I just... 
I I made a vow to myself midway through writing my notes to of this episode that I'm just gonna forget that regular exorcisms are a thing because or else this season doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they don't give a shit. <laughs> Ruby's there also, as we mentioned. Yeah. And and she's she like looks smiling. great. She's so fine. She's, she's so fine. She blows yeah. my mind. Hey, Ruby. She's uh, giggling, twirling her hair at this. And Steve, well, she's not doing literally... much. No, she's I... smiling though. Oh, you mean you mean after Sam gets it out? Yeah, because Sam initiates the smile because he like. Oh, wait, are we still talking about like smiling while he's exercising it, or after he gets the the eighteen? No, like while like. Oh, yeah. she's like amused by this. She's she's impressed by this and shit. Yeah, she's proud of her guy. She yeah. doesn't say anything at all during the interrogation, though, which is quite yeah. sad. Like, like this but guy is, is like only insulting her. Like he is saying a few things about Sam, but he's mostly just calling her a bitch and a slut the whole time. Um, and she just sort of spends the whole time looking at Sam, like seeing what he'll do about it. I disagree. Okay. The, the the demon is actively going after Sam. <laughs> like, he's saying, like, you're a bad person, and blah, 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 blah. He has one line about that, and then he calls her a demon he bitch. He has one line, period. Okay. Fair. He has two. Yeah. Fine, so it's a 50-50 split between the insults. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, Dean is, like, in the corner watching all this, and he's mortified and everything. And it starts the most annoying... I fucking hate him. I won't say annoying, but, like, the most unbearable scene I've ever gone through in Supernatural. Yeah. What happens is, after the demon's fully exercised, uh, Sam checks that he has a pulse... And he does, and Sam, like, looks so happy about this, and he, like, looks up smiling at Ruby. Uh, And they talk for a bit, um, and Sam says that this time it felt good and there's no more headaches, which, according to Ruby, is a big improvement from their past exorcisms. And Sam's helping the guy out of the chair. He's untying him. Um, and the guy is quite calm for the situation, which, I mean, I'm assuming it's because, like, he was awake the whole time, so he's gotten the vibe that Sam's, like, a good guy here to help him already. Yeah. Uh, but then, the worst character in all of Supernatural comes in the door, and he looks fucking livid like i personally would not be so livid i would just be like okay like cool good job you can exercise people without words that's nice like if bobby had figured out a way to do this dean would have just been like oh that's cool that you did that because bobby's allowed to do magic or whatever but no dean's just so mad he looks fucking murderous um and he's like Anything you want to tell me, Sam? And, you know, Sam starts trying to explain. He says, let me. And Dean's like, you can't fucking explain this. Um, And then he asks who Ruby is and what the hell she's doing here. 
Um, and instead of saying that this is Christy from the motel and she just has a kink for demons exorcism and stuff, um, Sam just sort of lets Ruby speak. And she says it's good to see him again, and he recognizes that she is Ruby based off of that. Um, and then Dean goes, like, so angrily, is that Ruby? And then he just fucking tries to kill her. Like, nothing else. Yeah. He just starts trying to kill her. He whips out the demon knife, and he is, like, going at it. And, like, why? 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 What did Ruby do wrong in season three? Like, was there ever a moment where no, like, the implication it was revealed here, that she whatever, whatever? The implication, the implication here is that she's the one who's, like, making Sam do all these things. Like, that's what okay. Dean thinks. So, like, that's why she's, like, that's why he's mad at her. Okay. And the thing she's making Sam do is exercise demons, which is bad no the thing it's is bad like, to do like the thing is like Dean isn't mad about the exercising it's he's mad about like the fact the the thing behind it right and like yeah th- that's what's most frustrating I feel because the action itself is at most if we're looking like at the most negative it's morally neutral. I would yeah. argue it's, like, morally good. Morally good. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Dean treats it as, like, a slippery slope that, like, you start off with this good oh. thing, and then what? And then what? And it's, like, I th- the reason why it's so unbearable is because Dean is so caught up with just what you are instead of what you do which is the whole point yeah, of this episode the right the like, episode yeah yeah but well okay. we'll get into it when we'll get into it it's yeah. interesting how they interface with it later mm. so he is about to fucking kill ruby he has her like against a fence um and sam like tries to knock the knife out of his hand and goes don't um and he manages to get it out but like Dean attacks Sam too he's like throwing him and shit um but this allows Ruby to get the upper hand and she has Dean in like a bit of a chokehold um and Sam yells like Ruby stop it uh and she takes a second and then she lets him go and then Dean says well aren't you an obedient little bitch Why? Why? Why does he talk or exist? Why isn't he back in the ground? Why can't we put him back in the ground? (laughs) He's unbearable. At least the only good thing about this fight scene is that it's shot pretty well, I think, like cinematography wise, because like everyone is in such close quarters and the camera's generally zoomed in. But it follows the motion, so it's got, like, this shaky cam, like, effect that, like, I think captures the tension pretty well. So, thank you, Kim Manners, for that one. And eventually, Sam tells Ruby that she should go and bring the guy to the ER. And 
Dean's like, where the hell do you think you're going? And Ruby explains, I am being a normal, cool person and getting this man medical attention. And then Dean just makes angry face. And Sam goes all sadly, like, Dean! And then and then Dean just, like, fucking leaves. He just leaves. He's gone. And unfortunately, he goes back to Sam instead of walking off a cliff and dying. But, you know, we can't always get what we want. Or what we need. I do want to say that, like, it's kind of insane that Ruby let Sam keep the knife. Yeah. But I am I feel like, I don't know, we don't see that much of their discussion before he starts training with her. But I think that probably there's a lot of, like, caveats where she's like, okay, well, because you don't trust me, like, for insurance, like, you can keep the knife. And you know that, like with the powers that you have, you could exercise me if you wanted, right? So, like, I can't actually take advantage of you or do anything you don't want to do because you hold this power over me. And I think that's interesting. Because I know there's a scene in 409 where Sam holds the knife to her throat. And, Mm. yeah, I don't know. Looking forward to hearing more about the arrangement that they have. Yeah. So we are back in the motel. And oh God, I'm so sorry you have to do this scene. <laughs> We're back in the motel. Sam is just chilling. Love it. Yeah. He literally gives two. He doesn't give two shits about Dean. But like, <laughs> this is a lie. Dean enters, and then we start the scene. Uh, and. The vibe is like Sam being like, Dean, let's just talk it out. Let's just talk it out. And Dean being like, we are not talking. I'm so hurt and upset and blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, except he's not sobbing. He's angry. He's packing a bag and (laughs) uh, he goes like... He's packing a bag, and Sam goes, where are you going? Like, are you leaving? And then Dean goes, like, you don't mean me. You and Ruby, go fight demons. And I think this is the part where we talk about, like, the jealousy jealousy aspect of this. this. Yeah, like, Dean is upset for what he says are many reasons and what he tries to justify as reasonable reasons but there is the primary aspect of he's just mad that sam is one having like hiding things from him two yeah working with someone else three having this like entire life that dean doesn't know about yep and like a lot of it is like he's he's jealous that like yeah Oh, like you're spending time with Ruby, blah 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 blah, blah. and yeah. I mean, what is there to discuss? Well, um, I think it's that as much as Dean said he wanted Sam to like move on and like whatever, whatever after he died, like he did not expect Sam to get a new hunting partner. He thought maybe like. He and Bobby would get work the, together, but yeah. Bobby's, like, someone that, like, Dean knows and that Dean's vetted or whatever, right? Um, 
Yeah. And I, I just, I think a lot about, like, I think something that happened with, like, Soulless Sam in season six, where Dean got kidnapped by aliens, and then during that night, like, after Soulless Sam has exhausted all possible leads, he, like, sleeps with a woman, and then Dean comes back, and he's so angry, because he's like, how were you able to, like, have fun or live a life while I was gone? Like, why was that allowed? Like, you should have sat in the dark and been miserable, (laughs) you know? And I think that's what is happening here, too. Like, he's like, what do you mean that in the few months I was gone, you did things that were unrelated to mourning me? (laughs) Or unrelated to things that we have done already together that I've decided are okay. And, okay, I think the other aspect of this is, like, You know what Sam said in episode one, that it was Dean's dying wish that Sam not practice his psychic powers at all anymore because he thought it was a slippery slope. So Dean probably feels betrayed about that specifically. But like, no one has to listen to your dying wish if your dying wish is stupid. (laughs) And that is my take. Yeah. Dean punches Sam, and then he punches Sam again. And it's- yeah, and the thing is, after <laughs> his first punch, Sam doesn't fight back. Goes like doesn't yeah. even look angry, and he goes, "Are you satisfied?" Like just completely flat. Like like this is expected and normal to do. Yeah, and then Dean punches him again, and he's, uh, Sam goes like, "Well, I guess not." Yeah, and. I think maybe, I think the primary, uh, here's the thing, uh, I've, I've worded it. The primary thing he's mad about regarding Ruby is less that Sam is off doing something else with someone else. It's specifically that she's a demon. Yeah. And specifically one that he disapproves of, because we know later he's totally fine with, like, shacking up with Crowley all the time. Well, no, he's not. Is he not fine with working with Crowley at all in the future at any point? I don't think at all is the term, but he's generally not fine working with Crowley. It's like a begrudging relationship. Okay. Uh, But, like... So, like, if Sam had, like, contacted Crowley, he would still be mad the same amount? Literally, he was mad about this with Cass. Do you remember that? No, what? You're working with Crowley? You're working with Crowley? Like, this is, this is, like, that. Well, that was, like, season six. I'm thinking, like, I don't know, season, like, ten shit or whatever. I think... Like, I mean, there also is the aspect of Sam didn't tell Dean, so. Yeah, Dean just says, do you know how, like, uh, he says, how far off the reservation you've gone. And then, you know, how far from normal, from human. Yeah, and Sam says off the, the reservation, I just want to say yeah. that I checked the Supernatural Wiki transcript searcher, and they keep using this phrase, like, in this form until season 10, episode 22 in 2016. Like, it's fucking wild that they 
are using it in this episode still when it's just incredibly racist, but that they continue until season 10 is wild. And then the next time the word reservation occurs is in the first Kaya episode where they're like, let's go to some reservations and ask about dreamwalking. Like, congratulations, you upgraded your racism type regarding the word reservation. Good job. Yeah. And Sam Sam says something that has been on our minds for forever, which is that he's just exercising demons. Literally, literally. though. He literally is, though. Yeah, and Dean is upset because you're doing it with your mind. He fucking shouts so loud. He, yeah, it's, ugh, it's awful. He shouts so loud. Very, like, angry man in the house levels of shouting. Supernatural. Supernatural is a show about men who are angry and shouting. Yeah. The thing is, I hate when men are angry and shouting. (laughs) So I don't know why I like this show. (laughs) Do you like this show? I don't like this show today. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, Dean starts going, what else can you do? Uh, And he starts, like, Trying to imply that Sam can do other things as well. Mm-hmm. And Sam is like, I literally cannot. And Dean is like, well, I mean, I can't believe anything you tell yeah. me now. Also, at this point, he's grabbed him by the collar and is shoving him around also. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. another cool and normal thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing about this is like... They don't ever say this in the episode, so I don't think it's actually part of the writing, but I think maybe the worry here is that the most powered-up psychic kids we've seen were, like, Ava and Jake, and they started with, like, lower-level, like, super strength and, like, psychic dreams. Um, But then, like, after they trained their powers, like, Ava was able to summon demons and Jake was able to do mind control. So, like... And also they both happened to turn out evil after that so like maybe dean's thinking about that like with every new ability you gain like part of your soul or whatever goes away but like that wasn't in the he is not and that isn't stated out loud here and supernatural is not not thinking about that okay that's like the only like actually valid reason i can think of to be mad right now but i don't think that is anything he's thinking about yeah sam is like um i should have told you blah 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 but try to see the other side and um this just upsets dean even more like Mm -hmm. sam is like i'm pulling people demons out of innocent people and dean says use the knife and sam's like the knife kills people what i do most of them survive He says an interesting bit of statistic, which is that yeah. he has saved more people in the last five months than Sam and Dean do together in a year. So real and true. Good for him. And then Dean is like, I cannot like shake <laughs> off how much this feels like, like you know, being discovered that you're gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this does feel very queer, and I don't know why, but it does. 
Well, I do know why. It's like, I'm not doing anything wrong. And then, you know, like the other person being like, just the fact that you are this way is inherently wrong. Like, yeah. it feels very much like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like, Dean is like, this, is this what Ruby is making you think? You know, she has Ruby is changing Sam's ability this. to do math. She has manipulated yeah. Sam's ability to count. God, yeah. what a stupid ass thing to say in response to that specific sentence. Like, I'm sorry, Dean, but you're being pwned with facts and logic. Yeah. And then Dean is like, it's a slippery slope. It's just gonna get darker and darker. With no explanation why that would be the case, no justification, and the show has never told us that that could be the case. <laughs> no, for real. They do this in the last episode of season three, where Dean is like, yeah. you can't do that. Blah, it's blah, evil. Because it's bad. And, like, they don't even tell us what the plan would be, like, what Sam's supposed to do. Like, later, okay, when we find out, like, a little bit more about the demon blood drinking and that it becomes addictive, like, okay, sure, that's sort of a bad side effect. That could become a slippery slope. But, like, Dean doesn't know any of that shit right now. He's just making shit up. It's, ugh. Yeah. He says the iconic line, if I didn't know you, I would want to hunt you. And then, yeah, I don't know. Sam says, you were gone. I was here. Which, I like this line. Yeah. I had to keep fighting without it, without you and what I'm doing works. Yeah. Um. And then Dean says the whole, like, I'm so upset by this. Like, it this makes like- me quite upset. <laughs> he says, like, if you knew it was... If... If you knew that, like, it's so good, then why did you lie about it to me? Mm. And, like, obviously, Cass does tell Dean that, like, stop Sam, which is what he brings up next. That, like, yeah. uh, an angel told me to stop you. Cass said that if I don't stop you, he will. So, like, what does that mean? Blah, blah, blah. And he even says that, like, it means God, a God that he barely believes in doesn't want you doing this he does not believe in god he's just figuring out things that'll hurt sam the most yeah but like specifically the line where he goes um why did you lie about it to me and the the episode answers it later right Mm -hmm. or at least attempts yeah i I didn't find i didn't find the answer quite satisfactory but this is the specific part where i was like wait we forgot the the part where dean literally throws a lamp across the room for no fucking reason yeah men will literally going back um like this specific line like why do you lie about it to me like this is the I don't want to be like oh my god my own experiences in life whatever <laughs> but, but like, literally my own experiences in life literally whatever. my own experiences in life whatever like I mean who hasn't had this experience with their parents right like yeah if if you take like like my mom has said this to me like 
if if you think like being gay is okay, then you wouldn't lie about it to me. Mm-hmm. Like this has been said to me. So like, I don't know. Like, did like this scene? Like, I was like, oh, I hate this because it yeah. does remind me of like real life, mm-hmm. and it's unbearable. I think that's like a major part of why it was so unbearable to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like the thing is, like, why, why would you lie about it? And it's like, as Sam says later, like, because no matter how hard I try to explain it to you, you just still won't understand. You won't try to understand. You won't try to get it. So, like, it's mm-hmm. better to just not mention it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, like. It's so funny to me that Dean is like, look at how I'm reacting, blah, 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 blah. Look at what I've done so far in my life. I wonder why Sam doesn't tell me shit. Like, <laughs> Dean, look look at yourself. <laughs> also, like, are we going to mention the fact that this is the first time he calls Cass Cass? I feel like that's important, but not that I, important. I wrote down a note. <laughs> That is, this is the first time Dean says Cass, and I can't even care about it because I hate him so bad. That's my note I about this. I hate him so bad. Yeah. And then Sam gets a call from a guy named Travis. And when I first Whoa. heard that his name is Travis, I uh, was like, this this has got to be a young man. Because, like, the only other Travis I know is Travis Scott. And he's, like, uh-huh. quite young, right? Yeah. No, this man is old as fuck. And right. I was surprised. Oh. I was surprised uh-huh. later. Yeah, yeah, he is quite old. Okay, wait, I feel like a few more things that I thought about the fight scene. I really liked Jared's acting, like, after Dean tells him that, like, God doesn't want you doing this because he so just he looks so like young and scared and sad suddenly and like it's like such a good follow up from like in 402 when like Ruby tells Sam to watch out for himself and he goes like I'm not scared of angels cuz like he is like so assured that what he's doing is right because it is and like this is, like, fucking earth-shattering for him. The idea that, like, God specifically hates him and wants him to die, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. And I guess another thing about this scene is, like... Okay, like, you found it most upsetting because of, like, the parallels to, like, queerness and stuff that you saw. I feel like what upset me the most was honestly just, like, how physically violent Dean was being. Because it's, like... Yeah, like, me and my sister, when we were, like, in middle school and below, like, definitely, like, attacked each other a lot. But, like, you cut that shit out, like, once you're at a certain age. Like, it's not okay after, like, your brains are developed enough and you know how to talk to each other properly. And, like, I feel like I haven't really seen this kind of, like, one-sided Dean just attacking Sam thing since, like... I don't, like, when else has Dean been this violent towards Sam specifically? I I can't recall. 
Yeah, like, the only parallel I could really draw was in the pilot when Sam says, like, mom's never coming back no matter what we do, and, like, That's Dean, a very like, different vibe. Yeah, it is a different vibe, but, like, it did give me a similar feeling of, like, oh, I don't trust Dean with Sam's safety. And, like, this, it's, like, way stronger here. And I think, like, the thing is, like, there are ways to explain it. Like, okay, he just got out of hell. He was torturing people for 40 years. So, like, maybe his baseline of what, like, a normal amount of physical violence in a conversation I disagree. Is, is skewed. But, like, I That's feel like That's giving him too much was, credit. Yeah, no, I feel like if that was true, we'd have, like, shots of Sam looking, like, confused or going like what the fuck is going on why is dean doing this like we'd have like a recurrence of the like did dean come back wrong question and theme which we got every single time sam was slightly violent in season three but like none of that is here so it just makes it seem like this was a normal and fine thing to do and it's not yeah yeah anyway guy calls I keep on trying to stop myself from saying it's a whole thing. <laughs> it literally is a whole thing, though. A guy calls mm-hmm. it, it's a whole thing. And, like, Sam writes down an address and a name. And so they go to the address and the name. Yeah. Remember in 402 when Meg's whole thing was about how they need to care about demon vessels and then two episodes later Dean says stop trying to exercise demons just fucking kill them and their vessel using their the vessel. knife. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that what an unbear what a truly harrowing scene yeah, that was. I, just like for for stats it took me an hour to get through this four minute scene because it made me so mad I am extremely sensitive like the whole like family abuse thing is a very sensitive topic for me like I mean Mm -hmm. this is obvious given the fact that like how strong my reaction to Bella's backstory was right but like specifically this whole thing Barring anything in my life, like this, this is completely unrelated now from like what I was saying earlier. But like, it's just like ever since, ever, ever since, it's been something that I'm like, oh, like watching this is upsetting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, now, like, I am thinking, like, maybe it's not that good of an idea to rewatch Supernatural. (laughs) Because this is just the beginning, you know? Yeah. Like, it gets worse from here on out. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, ah! Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to Jack Montgomery's house in Carthage, Missouri. And so there's a guy. He's an, just a regular guy, uh, but he's like, eating really gross. We sort of open on a shot of, like, his jaw and, like, just disgusting, disgusting chewing noises for, like, 30 seconds before it zooms out. It's impressive to me how visceral they made this eating scene. (laughs) Yeah. It is truly, like... I think what really upset me the most is we don't even see the food go into his mouth because it's so quick. Like, the... I think that's a fascinating acting 
and shooting choice. Like, mm. it's like they made it so that you just see the chewing, but you don't really see like the food go into his mouth mm. because it's so quick. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's fun. It is quite fun. Uh, his wife, Michelle, who we don't find out her name until, like, way later in the episode, but she exists, and she's quite concerned about how fast he's eating and how hungry he is. Um, and they seem to have a decent relationship. They're, like, smiling at each other and shit, and Jack asks for her leftover steak even though he's had two already. And, you know, just blah, 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 that shit. Truly fascinating goes, to me that mm-hmm. Americans will literally just eat steak for dinner. <laughs> yeah, and mashed potatoes. There were mashed potatoes. Like, I thought yeah. they made that shit up for TV, and this is on TV, so maybe <laughs> they've continued making it up for TV. Yeah, like... I think it's a factor of when I eat, a lot of Filipino food is like the main dish is rice, right? And then you have mm-hmm. a side dish of like meat or veggies or whatever. Yeah. And like, I often forget, and I learned very late in life that like, mm-hmm. this is not common. Like, other countries don't eat like this. So, like, but even now, when I watch. Like this, you know, and they don't have rice, and he's just eating meat and yeah. potatoes. It's like, why are you doing this? This is like no mat. No wonder you're so hungry. <laughs> Get- <laughs> like eat some fucking rice, dude. But like, it always like whenever I watch foreign, you know, movies, yeah, TV shows, whatever. The way they eat is always so fascinating to me, because like, it is very different. The best supernatural eating scene is in 420 when Jimmy and his family are sitting down for dinner and it's just a plate of sandwiches and they're drinking glasses oh. of milk with them. I mean, please <laughs> tell me no one actually lives like this. Tangent, I suppose. But like, what was dinner and, you know, lunch like in your house? Because you, you, mm-hmm. you did grow up in the US, but you know, you have a Chinese family. Yeah. Oh, I mean, rice and, like, dishes in the middle that you add to the rice. Like, so, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, one vegetable and then, like, maybe some more vegetables and, like, maybe one meat item that is also yeah. vegetable-y. Though, that I think for true. lunch, I usually had school lunches and that was just, like... You know, on some days there's tacos, on some days there's chicken tenders, that kind of shit. Yeah. Wait, in school lunch you don't have rice? No. Oh. How how were people- There were some dishes with rice. There was fucking orange chicken day, which was my favorite, even though it was very low quality orange chicken, because at least there was rice. Yeah, like, that is, I think, um, I have, I have friends who study in the United States, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're Filipino, they grew up here, everything. 
and then now yeah. they study in the United States. And their main complaint is always the food here is unbearable. Like yeah. that's their main complaint. Like especially I guess because these these you know people are like in university, so like it's university school food. Mm. It's not like food that's like you can buy at the or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so like apparently food there is truly unbearable. I. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your we can we can do an entire Kofi bonus episode about just food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is an interesting could. topic. We cut to Jack Montgomery and he's in the bathroom, and he is shirtless. So like, at least we get like w- like one scene of a shirtless man in a bathroom for every twenty scenes of shirtless women in bathrooms and stuff. <laughs> So, but, like, he's shirtless for a reason, because what happens is, like, while he's brushing his teeth, like, we hear, like, this, like, cracking sound, and, like, there's, like, pain racking his abdomen, and he, like, sort of clutches himself, and you see (laughs) the bones of his spine, like, contracting and pushing against his skin, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. It looks cool. It looks cool, but also the moment he started, like, bending over and, like, going, ah, this is so painful. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's getting period cramps. And he literally oh. is, though, is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jack. We cut to a scene in the Impala. And Sam and Dean are somehow having a normal conversation after that. No. I think that's normal. I think this is, like, fine. Like yeah, uh, like when you have like this is not to bring up succession every other episode of the podcast, but mm-hmm. like you know how like what what I find the most interesting about that show is that they can have all these like conversations that are so insulting to each other or like life altering decisions, and then it just goes back to like oh we're talking like normal. Because, like, that's what it really is like with family. I feel like it's so different in comparison to, like, friendships or other. Yeah. I love that. Friendships or other. (laughs) 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 But, like, with friendships or other, it's, like, um, it's more difficult to bounce back to the normal after a big Mm -hmm. fight. But with family, it's just, like, I mean, what's your choice? You have to be in the same yeah. house. I guess so. I would not want to get into a car that Dana's driving if I was Sam right now, but yeah, they sort of just have to. It seems like they've been talking for a bit where Dean's been telling Sam about the time travel shit. And Sam's all like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Like, mom was a hunter? Uh, and Dean's like, yeah wild shit and she almost kicked my ass and we didn't mention the then sequence because it's not very important but they put the fucking mom is a babe line (laughs) in the then sequence for no fucking reason 
I was afraid that scene would repeat that sentiment here. Like when when yeah, Sam but asked, thank him, what was God. he like? Yeah, and <laughs> thank God he did not say she was smoking, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam asks, "How did she look?" And then immediately after, he revises, "Like, I mean, was she happy?" And that made me so emo. <laughs> I everything about yeah. Sam and Mary makes me so emo because like he was six months old when she died. Like he does not remember not anything, anything about her. Yeah. Like Dean for so long has been John and Dean have been the sole keepers of her memory. Then for a few years Dean was the sole keeper of her memories and now Dean's the sole keeper of her past as well. And that's that's sad. I'm sad about it. Uh, and mm-hmm. Dean says, yeah, she was awesome, funny and smart, and so hopeful. And he says, like, dad, too, until... And then Sam sighs. And, like, after a while, he says, like, it just, like, sucks that, like, our parents and our grandparents, like, everyone was murdered. And for what? So yellow eyes could get in my nursery and bleed in my mouth? And then Dean, like, stops. And he's like, Sam, like, I never said that part. (laughs) Which is fun. Like, this is a secret Sam's been keeping since the end of season two. And this is a fun Mm -hmm. way for it to have come out. But, like, it does make me wonder, was Dean even planning to tell Sam about this? Because it seems Mm -hmm. that, like, if it's a good, like, leverage point for, like, stop, like, slutting around with Ruby, you know? But, like, it's weird that he hasn't brought it up or maybe didn't plan to bring it up. Sam starts, like, looking guilty, looking away, and Dean goes, like, what the fuck, like, you knew about the demon blood as a baby thing? And Sam says, yeah, I knew for, like, a year. And Dean's upset, and Sam's, like... I should have told you, I'm sorry. And, like, he literally fucking shouldn't have told him and he shouldn't be sorry. Like, it was good that he didn't tell him and he never should have. By Uh, year, he's talking about Azazel showing him, right? Yeah. Okay. Since the end of season two. And Dean says, like, incredibly sarcastically oh whatever if you don't want to tell me you don't have to it's fine like oh i can't stand him i don't think he said it sarcastically like the tone wasn't like that he was i think a part of him is like trying to say it sincerely like if you don't want to tell me you don't have to but given everything like it does come off as like Fuck you, dude. Yeah. It. I mean, I feel like if he didn't mean it angrily slash sarcastically, like, Sam wouldn't have gone like, Dean, after it, you know? He would have been like, no, I thank think you. That's an appropriate response. No, I don't think so. Like, I mean, he's still trying to win Dean's good graces, so I think it's mm. a reasonable response. Alright, yeah, sure. And Sam just goes like, okay, whatever, because Dean's shutdown doesn't want to interact anymore. 
uh, we go back to Jack and he's talking to Michelle, his wife, and he's asking when the food is going to be ready. And she's like, oh, 45 minutes. He goes and gets a beer. And then we go to Sam and Dean, who is watching this guy from the window. And they're saying that, like, whatever, like, this guy's normal. Why are we here? And then we see Jack go back to the fridge. And then he starts eating, like, rotisserie chicken leftovers with his hands. Yeah. Which is fine. Not even microwaved, though. Like, it's cold. It's like, cold f- chicken can give you, like, salmonella and shit, can't it? I don't... I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have we don't have a microwave. Soon. We don't have a microwave. Oh. So, we don't... I don't heat shit up. Because, like, oh, it requires well. opening the oven or the stovetop. And, like, I'm lazy. So... Yeah. The thing is, when I was young, we've never had a microwave, never will have a microwave, probably. But when I was younger, I thought microwaves were the pinnacle of wealth. I thought, like, if you had a microwave, you must be a wealthy person. Yeah. So, I think that's pretty funny, given the fact that, like, microwave meals is considered, like, for people who can't afford home-cooked meals. But, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's because, like, it's such a hefty equipment, and it's like, oh, it's so quick and easy. I thought it was, like, the convenience was, like, for the wealthy only, and that's why we didn't have microwave at home. <laughs> that makes sense. Your logic is sound. Okay, and I've looked it up, and it's fine to eat cold chicken. As long as it's thoroughly cooked, it can be stored safely for up to four days. It's yeah. undercooked chicken that's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. He he starts eating raw meat, with which you know, cascor fun. Cascor, I for a while I was like, because I forgot about the ruguru thing. The thing mm-hmm. is, I know that a ruguru you have to burn them, but I forgot what like a ruguru does or is. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what even is this guy? Is he? Is this like a <laughs> A, like a uh, a hunger. What's that gluteny thing? Yeah. Like from you know what we see of gas later. Is this like a premonition to that or whatever? But it's not. It's because he's a rigoru, which we find out later. Anyway, um, we see yeah, him also eat the all Romy this. Eating is fucking nasty. Like he like there's like like it's crusted around his mouth. There's like blood splatter. Like. Ugh. On his shirt. It's, like, nasty. I enjoy it. Good yeah. for this actor for getting all that food dye in his mouth. And then we go to Sam and Dean, who's watching all this, and goes, Yeah, pretty fucking weird. <laughs> so, they go into Travis's place. He's staying in a motel room. And, like you said, this guy is older. And, like, clearly, like knew both of them as kids. They're, like, friendly. They're familiar. And uh, he has a broken arm, which is why he's not mm-hmm. doing this hunt. But, like, he, like, tells Sam and Dean to get over here. And they do hugs. And 
Travis is like, oh my god, like, Sam, you got so tall. It's been, like, ten years. Are you still a mathlete? Which I thought was so fun. I think it's so cute that he used to be a mathlete. He's literally just like me for real. Sam's like, no. But Dean goes, yep, he sure is a mathlete. Um, and Dean throughout the scene is sort of just making passive aggressive, like, remarks at Sam about, like, the whole Ruby thing. Uh, cause Travis says, like, oh, like, it's, I, John would have been so happy that the two of you are still sticking together. And Dean's like, oh, yeah, we're thick as thieves. There's nothing more important than family. So he tells them about Jack Montgomery. Uh, Sam and Dean confirm that, you know, he was eating raw meat and all that shit. And Travis explains that this is a Rougarou. Which Dean says sounds made up. Uh, I did a quick lore check. Uh, and they're like a legend common in French Louisiana. And they're usually people with dog or wolf heads. And they like kidnap children or kill people or whatever. Uh, and often they were used in Catholic households. Like a, oh, like if you like... Don't obey Lent like a Rougarou's gonna come get you or shit. But the way that they are in Supernatural is that they are, like, people with, like, rotted teeth and, like, wormy skin is what he says. And what they do is they start out human and then they turn and Sam says the title of the episode by going, oh, so what, they go through some kind of metamorphosis? More explanation happens as, like, a voiceover over Jack Montgomery's place. So, like, he comes into the kitchen, Michelle's cutting some vegetables, and then she accidentally cuts her hand pretty badly. And he just, like, zeroes in on the blood really hard. And Travis says that the main thing is that they're hungry for everything at first, but then for long pig. And Sam makes, like, a little laugh at that. But Dean, like, I don't know, they do a whole thing where Dean doesn't get it, but, like, long pig means human flesh, blah, blah, blah. And... Travis says, like, the hunger grows and grows until they're unable to fight it. And then as soon as they get their first bite of human flesh, they undergo the full transformation. Uh, and, you know, and the Montgomery is like, Michelle's like, oh my god, this fucking hurts. I think I need stitches. And Jack is like, sweaty, like, can't stop looking at the blood and wanting to eat her. Um, and he just goes, like, I, I have to go and get out of here. And she run, he runs out, leaving his wife to drive to the hospital by herself. And, yeah, he says, one, Travis says that there's no going back. They feed once and they're a monster forever. And apparently he found Jack because... This is something that runs in the family and that like 30 years ago he 
Travis killed his dad. And, like, he used to be, like, a dentist and, like, a regular guy until he turned. And he didn't realize until later that his wife was pregnant. And put the boy up for adoption. And Travis had difficulty finding him. Partly because he didn't really want to hunt down and kill a child. So he's waited until Jack turned 30 or whatever in order to make sure that he has the right person. I'm glad that Sam later says the thing that I was thinking, which is just like, okay, just go tell him to not eat people then? It seems pretty simple. And also I feel like if, like, if one Rougarou, like, is able to, like, practice self-control, like, that means that, like, if it continues being passed down in the family, like, they can, like, warn their kids, like, while the kids are growing up and, like, teach them self-control and, like, it'll be fine. Like, what we see with, like, Garth and Bess later. Uh, we go to Jack. He's in a bar and he's eating a lot of peanuts, drinking a lot of alcohol. And then we see in the corner, like, some guy is talking up a girl who obviously doesn't want him to talk her up. Yeah, this scene is quite annoying to me because, like, everything he says to that girl is something that Dean would say, like, anytime. And a girl could react the exact same way, and we would still be on, like, Dean's side for it. But because this guy is fat, like, we're supposed to be, like... And, okay, okay, and we are supposed to be, like, because she clearly doesn't want to talk to him. My issue is that it's fine when Dean does it, but not when a fat guy does it. When it should be not fine either way. Jack confronts the guy and breaks his arm. And he calls the guy a fat, sweaty dick. So, the, the fact that he is fat was, like, on purpose, and that's annoying. You go back to Dean and Travis and you know, Sam. And they're talking about how to kill a Rougarou. And it's, you know, by burning them. Sam comes in and he's like, oh, I checked the lore. Not because I don't trust you, or I think you're stupid, or I think you're heartless. But because (laughs) I just wanted to, you know, check it out. And he says that there's a couple of stories about people who had the gene but they never turn because they just don't eat human flesh and Travis is like those are fairy tales and Sam says like are we literally just gonna kill this guy who has never done anything wrong Travis is doing the whole Travis has the perspective of we know he's bad and we're gonna prevent that from continuing on Mm. And Sam has the perspective of why are we gonna kill this guy if he has not done anything wrong? Yeah. At the end of it, Sam says like, well, by the way, there's a scene where Travis mm-hmm. says Have you ever been really are you, hungry? Have you ever been really hungry? Like, haven't eaten in days hungry? And Dean goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the thing is like I feel like people do quote this a lot. And, like, I think that it is true that while John abandoned them in motels, that, like, Dean didn't eat in days. But, like, Jensen Ackles' delivery of that, yeah, is, like, just not very good. Like, it's just, like, a... 
it reads as like like yeah. one of their jokes about how Dean just is always hungry and loves to eat burger. You know? <laughs> like yeah. it could like it's basically like Dean's like reading haven't eaten in days hungry as metaphorically for haven't eaten in like half a day but really wants burger. Like that is the way Jensen Ackles delivers the yeah when it could have been a touching scene. Yeah. Anyway, Travis makes a point that like if you're hungry, you're gonna eat and this guy's gonna do just that. And Sam says we're not gonna kill him unless he does something that warrants, you know, murder. Travis asks Dean, like, what's up with your brother? And Dean just goes, oh, don't get me started. Annoying as fuck. Yeah, fucking annoying. And earlier when Sam's, like, coming in all excited to info dump about Ruguru's, like, Travis, or, no, what does Dean say? Oh, Dean says something like, oh, like, Sam's, like, obsessed with research. He keeps it under his bed next to the lube. It's a sickness. It really is. And on the it's a sickness, he looks at Sam like, I am talking about the demon blood thing and I hate your guts. Like, oh, sick of him. And also, every, like, Dean-Travis interaction where, like, Dean and Travis are, like, being weird about Sam... It feels so much like a Sam is queer thing, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. oh, Sam doesn't fit in with, like, the hunting community because of masculinity, queerness, blah, 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 blah. Like, that is such a vibe this episode. Back to Jax. And Michelle is in a white nightgown. <laughs> she's, like, it's like the morning and she's getting tea. Jack shows up and she tells him that she's quite angry because she had to drive herself to the hospital to get stitches and he just walked out on her and Jack is saying, sorry, I just got really dizzy when I saw your blood and my phone died. Uh, and he's like, I promise it'll never happen again because you're so beautiful. At this point, they're sort of like doing a flirty thing. And he kisses her finger and then kisses her. Uh, but then, it, you know, like, it starts getting hot and heavy-ish. But then she starts going like, I, I don't really want to be doing this. I don't want to go, go so far right now. Like, he's, like, reacting with, like, hunger, basically. Like, he's, like, going for her neck. Like, I feel like he's probably, like, starting to bite a bit. And... She tells him to slow down and to stop, but, like, each time she does it and she tells him to stop multiple times, he just does not. And it's, you know, I mean, whatever. Bad to look at. Eventually, she shoves him away and tells him that he's the son of a bitch and that something is wrong with him. And that is how that scene ends. But, you know, bad to look at. And... Right, this episode does do a thing where it conflates physical hunger with sexual hunger a lot, like with the woman that Jack almost eats in a later scene. And I don't know. I feel just stick to the physical hunger thing. Like, that's the lore. Like, I don't get it. So, back in the Impala, Dean's being annoying again. And he tells Sam 
Like, okay, fine. We can, I'm fine with just talking to this guy, blah, blah, blah. And he says that he wants to make sure that if they have to, they, that Sam is going to be willing to burn this guy alive. And Sam insists that Dean calls Jack by his name. You know, Dean does his whole, like, oh, well, he's gonna turn because they always turn. And Sam says, like, maybe he won't. Maybe he can fight it off. Dean says, like, oh, Sam, I think your emotions, like, are you sure your emotions aren't getting in the way here? And Sam goes, huh? And Dean goes, well, you know how Catherine Humphreys wrote this guy to be a mirror to you specifically? He seems like a nice dude, but he's got something evil inside, something in his blood. Maybe you can relate. And Sam says, stop the car! He says, stop the car! Fuck, I love this. I love it so much. And Dean says, what? And Sam says, stop the car or I will. Which is, I think, a fun little callback to what Cass said at the end of the last episode, right? Like, stop your brother or we will. So, like, ugh, so fun. Love it. And Dean does stop the car. He, like, swerves over to the side of the road, not using his turn signal. And they have a conversation. Sam... You know, gets out of the car and goes like... And he's so mad that he opens the door before the car comes to a stop. Like, he's getting out while it's still driving. And he says, like, you know why I've been lying to you? Because of all this, like, you treat me like I'm a freak. And he says, or even worse, like, I'm an idiot. Like, I don't know the difference between right or wrong. And Dean goes like, well, do you? God. Sam says, you have no idea what I'm going through. And he goes, I've got demon blood in me, Dean. This disease pumping through my veins, and I can't ever rip it out or scrub it clean. I'm a whole new level of freak. <laughs> and I love that line. Yeah. He literally is a whole new level of he freak. He literally is. Yeah. And then he says that he's just trying to get this curse and turn it into something good. Because I have to, he says. Oh, he's yeah. my favorite little guy besides Cass. He's such, he's so good. The thing is, even if he did tell Dean, like, Dean would react entirely this way. Yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah. I don't know, for some reason, this scene, I was waiting for something more. I felt quite satisfied with this scene. I was like, it was like fucking 3 a.m. And I was like rocking back and, my forth, back and forth in my chair and like yelling at the, and like pointing at the screen and going like, yeah, get his ass. Like this was like a sports game and like Sam just scored two touchdowns or however football works. I I had a good time with this scene. I think what I am upset about is that it very, like, the entire episode, right? Like, it feels like Sam is, like, has given up on trying to communicate. Mm. And then the one time that he does open up, 
it's with anger and like he's truly so upset and it's like this was punched out of him so i mm-hmm. feel like there is still so much more to be said yeah if only he was able to form like um like a statement that is not so emotionally driven and like i'm not ch- saying that they should yeah. have gone that route because this is like obviously a good scene and everything but like if we're talking like what would allow sam to experience more catharsis like at the end of this scene, he wasn't like relieved that because like after this, after he says like I have to, right? Like Dean goes, okay, let's just talk to the guy, and then he goes, well, I mean like Jack, let's talk to Jack, and like you would expect Sam to feel like relief over this or to feel better in a way, but like he doesn't. He doesn't look like he does. He he's nods, just- but yeah, he does not feel much better. If we're talking purely from the standpoint of, like, I just want Sam to feel better, which I do do. So, I feel like this scene did not satisfy in that way. Yeah. I guess Sam tried to explain to Dean, like, earlier when Dean caught him and Ruby in the house, and then later in the motel, and each time Dean just shut him down, like, immediately, right? Like, how are you going to explain this? What do you mean there's another side? So, like, yeah, the only way for Sam to have done this is to be so angry that he goes, like, no, Dean, you shut up and listen to me. So, like, yeah, it would have been nice if Sam got that catharsis, but the way Dean has reacted to this prevents him from it. And Dean never Mm -hmm. apologizes properly. Like, even at the end where he apologizes, but, like, in the worst way. Just, like, yeah. Like, I feel like for Sam to have catharsis, Dean has to apologize. And Dean never fucking does because the show always proves him right. Sad. Well, there's the other TV, but we're not doing a podcast about the other TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, in Jack's backyard, you know, he's being a regular guy. He's watering plants, except he's watering plants standing completely still, staring into the distance. Those flowers are going to die. So, Sam and Dean show up. They introduce themselves. And Sam's doing a thing where, like, he's putting on his sympathy face and, like, trying to seem approachable. And Dean's putting on his, I'm just here because my bitch brother wanted me to be here, (laughs) face. So, yeah. Sam says, we should talk about you and about how you're changing. And Dean talks about the various symptoms that Jack is having. Jack asks who they are. Dean says, we're people who know a little something about something. Whereas Sam says, we're people who can help. So we cut to a bit later after they've explained Rougarou's to Jack. He's not very down to accept the truth, which makes sense given that he didn't even know about the supernatural before today. And Sam says that his dad, Jack's father, was one of those things. And then he says, your real father, which is, you know, annoying, but everyone does that about adopted people in TV. 
Apparent and Sam says that, you know, this was passed on to you genetically. Dean says, like, stop saying that we sound crazy because you're just gonna get hungrier until you really just want to eat a person. And Sam says, like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be like this. You can fight it off because others have. And Dean says, like, you have to not eat people or else. And Jack asks, asks, like, or what? Sam says, you feed once and it's all over. And then we'll have to stop you. Uh, and at this, Jack realizes, oh, by that you mean kill me. And also the reason my dad died was that someone else killed him about this. And he's very reasonably upset about this and says, like, get the fuck off my property right now. Uh, you know, Sam makes, like, a last-ditch effort of, like, oh, like, your wife and everyone you know are in danger, but he just tells them to leave. And Dean goes, like, all right, good talk. And, and that is the most that they try ever. Like, they don't even leave him, like, their contact info for, like, after you've had some time to process this, reach out. Like, they're just like, okay, that's it now. The next scene is Jack um, watching a woman. Yeah, well, it's clear that he's <laughs> left his house. Like, he's gone somewhere else because he doesn't trust himself around his wife anymore. Um, yeah. So he's, like, sitting outside. But then, yeah, there's a woman undressing in her window. Sad. Yeah, and Jack's watching. And... Sam and Dean, like, kicking out. This is such an unnecessary scene. Who even give a shit? I, it's, I don't think it's unnecessary. But, like, the point, like, I mean, it's whatever. But the point is that Jack is able to stop himself. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah. The details are unnecessary. Jack goes back home. And I think, like, the, the thing here is, like, he is able to stop himself so now he is confident that like I'll be able to stop myself mm-hmm. um, and anyway he calls out to his wife and then he sees that his wife is tied up in a yep. chair and then somebody like chloroforms him and then he passes out and then we cut to him tied up to a chair with his wife beside him and Travis is here. And Jack is trying to do this thing where he's like talking to Michelle, but really he's talking to the man where he's saying, like, okay, we're gonna stay calm, we're gonna give this man whatever he wants. Travis is like, sorry, Jack, like I didn't want this to happen. Uh and he mentions that Sam and Dean are friends of his. And Jack says, well, they said that if I if I have don't hurt anybody, then, like, it's okay. And Travis says, like, well, you haven't yet, but you would have, because they always do. I'm doing you a favor. And, like, the whole time Michelle's going, like, what's happening? What is he talking about? And Jack doesn't tell her, and he never does. And what happens is... 
Jack keeps begging Travis to let Michelle go because she isn't part of this at all. And Travis says, well, no, she is because... And Michelle reveals that she is pregnant. And And this is such a fucking... Like, (laughs) first of all... (laughs) What a coincidence. Where this scene is going... No, no, no. Where this scene Uh is going is that he's gonna burn them both. (laughs) Yeah, both of them. Because Supernatural wouldn't recognize abortion was a thing until season 12. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I was like... Oh, I have no choice. Like, you literally do have a choice, though. It's the thing. Yeah. Like, Sam he, is, he, in he fact, in a closet full of coat hangers very soon. Like, even if it's illegal in whatever state they're in, like, there are coat hangers <laughs> right there. That's so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> God, fucking stupid as shit. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Travis is, yeah, like you said, he's like, well, I'm gonna have to burn you both alive because your unborn fetus thing is going to become a Rougarou too. Uh, and Jack hates this, obviously. And Travis is ready to, like, burn the entire house to the ground, it seems. Including him. Including yeah. himself. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. He's also inside the house. <laughs> yeah, he's just pouring gasoline everywhere. God. Including his shoes. Like, <laughs> dumb as shit. And then Jack, you know, like, he gets a bunch of flashbacks of every moment when, like, he was he was thirsty for blood. And then, you know, since he has super strength, sort of, which we saw in the bar with the breaking the man's hand, he is able to just break out of the handcuffs. And then he pounces on Travis. He starts punching him. And then he, like, breaks Travis's arm again. Very fun. And then he, like, tears Travis's shirt down. And then just fucking, like, rips his throat out with his teeth. And that's, like, a normal and cool thing to do, honestly. Like, if a guy is going to kill you and your wife, like, fine. Go ahead. Do it. Uh, you know. And they make... The scene is pretty nasty. Like, he's, like, fucking eating this guy. Like, he, like, tears, like, bits of, like, I don't even know, like, out of him. There's, like, stringy shit in his teeth now and jack at this he like transforms in that like his eyes become like bloodshot and completely dilated and his skin turns like really pale and clammy and whatever and michelle is not a fan of this she's you know screaming crying etc and he's like the whole like Oh, they only have their base instincts. They're full monster. Like, Travis has a different definition of full monster than me. Because, like, he is still aware of things. Like, he knows her name. And he, like, it, like has, like, the precision or whatever to, like, undo her cuffs to, like, save her. 
So yeah. she yells, "Stay away from me!" Also, and yeah, she ha- also he has a full conversation with Sam later, an yeah. entire conversation. Yeah, like he's not out of his mind or anything. Yeah, he's just he hungry. experiences remorse as well. He's mm-hmm. hungry, but if he experiences remorse. He's like. He tells Sam, like, have you seen me lately? Like, he's cracking that kind of, like, joke. Uh-huh. Like, he's a, he's a full, alive, aware person. Yeah. But, like, that's also true of, like, vampires a lot of time and a lot of the people that Sam and Dean end up killing. But, yeah, it does annoy me especially because the way Travis was talking about Rougarous, it was, like, they, like, literally can't think or speak. Or, like, do anything besides, like, kill people after they turn. Obviously, it's different lore-wise, but, like, this reminds me a lot of this episode 2 season 1 monster. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that one is also, like, you have to burn them, right? Yeah. And then also, like, that one is, like, it was human, and then it slowly turned into blah 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 according to supernatural lore. Yeah. So, like, I guess this is better because it's not, <laughs> like, like it, it's, re- it's like, similar, it's similar monsters, but at least this one, we can at least say the name, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the, the episode two one was more animal-like, or it was portrayed as more animal-like. No, like, that's my point, like, mm-hmm. um, the portrait, like, it's the same it's similar lore wise, but yeah. the portrayal is interesting because, yeah. like, they could have gone that path, and that right. was the path also that they were ex- that I was expecting them to take. Like mm-hmm. the moment he eats human flesh, it's gonna be he's gonna be like that uh, yeah. monster, but he he he's not. Mm-hmm. He's lucid. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Michelle yells, stay away from me. And, like, he says her name. Like, he's crying and shit. Um, But, you know, she, like, runs out of the door, gets into the car, and leaves. Good for her. And... Yeah. You know what? At least Travis is dead. Yeah, thank God at least Travis is dead. Also, let's talk about, you know... Him killing Travis and what that implies in terms of self-control, whatever. Like, it's... At the end of the day, like, you can say it's because he was hungry, but really it was because he was trying to protect his wife. Yeah. So, like, uh, I think that's such an interesting thing to throw in there. Like, he wasn't, like, tempted because of hunger. Mm-hmm. He was tempted because someone was out to murder yeah. someone he loves. Like he and was provoked into this. Yeah, he was provoked into it. That's a, the perfect word for it. And now there's the you know question of like the nature is of him is to be hungry and to eat human flesh, whatever. But like also it's the circumstances around it and. Mm-hmm. If Travis didn't show up, he he would probably still be fine. Yeah. And I feel like them not revealing this to Sam mm. is an interesting choice. 
let's get into it. Um, well, here. doesn't so, Travis say something about how like you sent your friend here and he was gonna burn me and my wife? No, he says that, and then Sam says, "What? Why is he gonna hurt your wife?" Uh-huh. And he doesn't answer. Oh yeah, like which like Jack good for him. That. Yeah, like he doesn't need to tell this guy anything, but it is an interesting choice. Well, yeah, I mean, I just read it as... That's narrative-wise. Yeah, as like, well, I don't want you to go and kill my wife or, like, my unborn child. And, yeah, I do like... No, like, like yeah, of course. Like, of course, from from Jack's perspective. But I think it would have been helpful. Like, it would have been interesting if Sam learned that the reason why he turned wasn't out of self like lack of self-control mm-hmm. it was because of self-defense and defending his wife so like i think that would be an interesting thing for sam himself like yeah oh like like him thinking that like i can say all i want about like oh i'm just doing it I, i'm i'm in control i'm in control but like the moment a circumstance happens where someone i love is in danger maybe i won't be so in control anymore mm-hmm yeah. And like it's it's interesting to and also I think it makes, you know, it makes Jack a lot more empathetic, right? That like um he's he's not a monster because of lack of self-control, but like because Sam doesn't know that, he still thinks that like this guy killed Travis. Yeah. Just just because and I think that's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, this is muddied a bit by him trying to eat Dean later, but, like, he also thinks that Dean is a threat to his life, which he is, so, like, no, I get it. He doesn't... He doesn't... I'm, I'm a bit fuzzy. Does he try to eat Dean? Doesn't he just, like, lick the blood or something? I think he was... The implication is that he was going for it, and then Sam bust out of the closet, again, good for him, um, with a flamethrower, not good for him. Before he could mm. eat Dean. But, like, it's different from Travis, though. Because, yeah. like, now he's thinking, like, I am already a monster. Right. Instead of back with Travis, where it's like, if I do this, I will become a monster. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sam and Dean enter. They find all the mess on the floor. They find a blood trail. They follow it, and it's just a clump of flesh now. Mm. I don't know how they get knocked out. Do they get knocked out? I think so. Yeah. Sam, like, gets locked into a closet. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Sam does say sadly, like, oh, I guess you were right about Jack, like, when he sees all the blood. And that is sad. Like, Dean was not right. Shut up. Uh, Sam's locked in the closet, and he wakes up, and then Sam, like freaks out and then jack is saying like calm down dean like your brother's alive blah 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 and sam is trying to both open the door and like keep talking to jack so that he won't attack Mm. so he gets some hangers and like forms it into a makeshift locksmith thing and then he's saying that like, he's trying to plead to Jack, and Jack mm-hmm. is saying, like, you sent a guy here who tried to burn my wife alive. Mm. 
realizes that Sam doesn't know that his wife is pregnant. Mm-hmm. So he, like, lies and goes like, Oh, he didn't say why he was trying to burn my wife alive. Anyway, Jack laments that he can't ever see his family again. He's saying that your friend and you two, you made me into this. Yeah, which is pretty true. Like, without this provocation... Like, he wouldn't have turned today. Like, he may have in the future, yeah. but, like, also maybe not. And, like, yeah. I, I'm i not... Like, the show is a bit hazy on the stance it takes here, but, like, I do like that it's, like, it is the circumstances that have created this more than just Jack's nature. And Sam saying, no one's making you kill us. I know that... um there's a dark pit inside of you, but you don't have to fall into it. You don't have to be a monster. You are what you do, not what you are. Whatever. I, I think he says it better. It doesn't matter what you are. It only matters what you do. It's yeah. your choice. And then... Yeah. yeah. Also, when he says, I know you have this dark pit inside of you, he does like a little laugh after He goes, that, and he I goes know. Believe me, yeah. I know. And oh, that's nice. I like when Sam gets his mirrors. I think it's bullshit. I don't like it. Okay, it's yeah. It's not about you, Sam. Get your shit together. <laughs> uh, it is the Sam and, and Dean then... show. It's always about one of them. And at least it's about Sam this time and not Dean. I'll take it. For real. <laughs> For real, though. And uh, Jack is, like, going to... Dean and he like licks up some blood and then blah 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 when suddenly we hear the door open Sam has opened the closet and now he's out of the closet good for him good for him and then he burns Jack alive (laughs) not good you know we cut to the epilogue and they're in the Impala and you know Sam and Dean are in there and they're both super bummed out and Dean says something about how oh you did the right thing that guy was a monster there was no going back Sam does not reply because this is a terrible sentence that Dean just said and then Dean gives the most half-assed apology where he goes Sam I want to tell you I'm sorry I've been kind of hard on you lately (sighs) Whatever. For the Winchesters, this is, like, begging, crying on your knees for forgiveness, honestly. At least for Dean, it is. And Sam just says, don't worry about it, Dean. And I hate that he's so defeated about this. And Dean continues, and he's trying to explain, saying, like, oh, your psychic thing scares the crap out of me. And Sam goes like, okay, I just don't want to talk about it. Which surprises Dean. I, 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 find, I find the wording of it interesting. If it's mm. all the same, mm. I'd really rather not talk about it. Yeah. I like that. Like, right. if, it, if we're just going to have the same, like, things that we're going to bring up, like, who even give a shit? And, yeah. like, he's right. Who even give a shit? Yeah. Good for mm-hmm. Sam. Um, 
Right, and a lot of people have said, like, Sam is the guy who, everyone thinks that Sam's the guy who wants everyone to talk about their feelings, but he's actually just the guy who wants Dean to talk about his feelings so he doesn't have to talk, and I think that is true. And Sam continues, and he says that there's nothing more to say. I can't keep explaining myself to you. I can't make you understand. Because this thing, this blood, it's not in you the way it's in me. It's just something I have to deal with. God, this is- he's literally gay is the thing. I think this guy is, like, gay or something. (laughs) Yeah. And Dean says, not alone. Uh, and then we get, you know, a fun on-the-nose shot of Sam looking out of the window. his reflection? And and it's, yeah, it's his reflection, and it's surrounded by darkness. There's no Dean there. He is alone. It's just him and himself. And he just stares for a bit, and then he says, like, whatever, like, it doesn't matter, because I'm just done with these powers. I'm done with everything. And Dean goes like, oh, gee, really? That's great. Thank you. And Sam says, don't thank me. I'm not doing it for you or for the angels or for anybody. This is my choice. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And that's the app. Is he like lying or does he actually stop doing it for a while? I, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what did we think about this episode? It's really okay. Like, I know I complained a lot, but it's fine. It's all, yeah. It's all bad. It feels like like earlier seasons Supernatural in like a good way generally. Like, I find the mm-hmm. mirror stuff fun in early Supernatural. Um, and I find all the like conversations where they reveal things about themselves and their motivations fun in early Supernatural and I liked it here. It's just that I hate Dean so much. <laughs> yeah. What's your best line, worst line? I feel like there were multiple times during the episode when I wrote a line down and was like, this is the best line and then I would like write a new one down that was the best line. But the one I was most excited about was stop the car. Like, fuck yeah, literally stop the car. I think my favorite line is the one where he goes, if it's so terrific, then why do you lie about it to me? And I, I think, not because I like that he said this, or I agree with the sentiment, but because he's literally gay. <laughs> I think this guy's gay or something. Literally, literally, literally. Sam, I mean, not Dean. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> so, Worstline. Um, Worstline. Um, do not like the way Dean speaks to Ruby fucking ever. I think the obedient little bitch line was just, like, even for Dean, like, a step too far. So that's my worst line. Oh, but my my runner-up for worst line is the, like, do you know how far off the reservation you are? How not normal? How not human? Like, the stupidest ever argument coupled with some racism. Like, congratulations, Dean. Good for you being a stupid ass. My worst line is you fat sweaty dick. Because, like, 
Like, oh my god, like, it is because he's fat. Yeah. (laughs) Spreadsheet. Or spreadsheet. There were moments of misogyny and racism, like, in the opening scene. Well, there was, like, off the reservation for racism, and then I think the way that Ruby was treated with all the bitch and blah 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 was pretty bad. Um... Those moments are both pretty small in the scope of the episode, but I think in misogyny I would also add that I don't, just the way that the women in Jack's life, and by the women in Jack's life I just mean Michelle and that woman that he washes undressing, like, I am bothered by their portrayal also. So, I feel like I'm down to give a one in each category of misogyny and racism all right homophobia i mean a lot of like metaphorical homophobia in my mind but i don't think that's what they were actually going for yeah so that's a zero i'm db huh this is a tricky one i feel like this episode could be polarizing i think the quality of it is fine i'd say this is an 8.6 okay um, I've been guessing 8.7 every single time, and eventually one day I'll have to be right, so let's go with that. 8.7? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, it's an 8.0. Oh. Oh dear. Okay, well... People be hating. People do despise this episode, it seems. Okay, what are they saying? Please tell me they're being Dean haters and not Sam haters. Yeah, they're Dean haters. Thank God. This is so interesting. What? The only reason why I am not giving this episode a 10 is because they did not portray the Ruguru correctly. This is a... No, I don't know how to pronounce this word. Cajun? Yeah. Myth. Like the Louisiana version of the Boogeyman. He is supposed to be more similar to a werewolf in appearance. Usually, Supernatural gets the monsters correct, but they didn't do their research on this one. Mm. And this one made me laugh. Uh-huh. Was Jensen married yet when this episode was written? <laughs> His wife should have informed him <laughs> about the legend of the Ruguru. She grew up in Lafayette. God, that is so funny. like... <laughs> The concept that, like, Jensen Ackles is writing these episodes (laughs) or has enough creative control. Yeah. um, And, like, that's so funny. That is pretty funny. Um, One of these reviews says, The real Ruby should come out sooner or later. I bet Dean will butt heads with her. Like, they think that this current this is Ruby is, Ruby. like, a fake Ruby. But, like, <laughs> they made this shit up. That's really funny. I love this. Okay, and then, you know, the funniest review, I think, is one that says, is 10 the out of angel? 10, Heavenly Angel. I'm proud of Misha. <laughs> it was not in this episode. 12 years ago, he was seen as the new man and didn't feel right. Now the value of the final depends on whether it is within it or not. This guy came in, gave more than you can imagine, and he's a huge source of inspiration, and it's a show and family. A part of. 
There's no sound coming out. God bless. Why in this episode? Why? God, it's funny. Anyway, I think that's it for this episode of Bus Asian Beauties. Next week, we will be discussing... Season 4, Episode 5, Monster Movie. Leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash beautiespodcast and on Tumblr at bustyasianbeautiespod.tumblr.com. Our official tag is babpod, B-A-B-pod. And thank you to everyone who's donated to our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash bustyasianbeautiespod. Also check out our merch at babpod.redbubble.com. Yeah, you can email us and feedback, comments, or inquiries at bestationbeautyspot at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye! Bye. Bye.